Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Please have a take a seat. It's funny, we've got loads of, loads of kids here today. They're still in the room. <laughs> oh, thanks, Seth. You doing all right? Everybody good? Just turn to the person next to you and say, I'm doing really well. How are you doing? And let them answer the question. Cool. You all right? Nice. So we've been on a bit of a journey since um, the 5th of January. And uh, if you've been around every Sunday, you'll know the journey if you're here for the first time or only just made a few then you won't know that journey but just to recap God loves you Jesus really really loves you Uh, he loved you yesterday he loves you today and he certainly will love you tomorrow he doesn't love everything that we do but he does love us in fact his love was so powerful that he decided to come and change what we do so today God wants to change what you do he wants to change what I do he wants to change what you do He wants to put a little bit of fire in your bones, which this morning you might appreciate. How many of you had porridge this morning? You did not. Okay. How many of you had ready breakfast this morning? How many of you just had something else? I don't know. What else do you have? Bacon, eggs. What did you have, Tom? Toast. No, you lost me at the Marmite. You, You lost me at Marmite. Sorry. Toast. How many of you? How many of you love Marmite? Oh, okay, I'm going to pray for you at the end. How many of you are not sure about Marmite? Oh, that's interesting. It's about the same. This, this message for today is going to be a bit like Marmite. You're either going to love it or you're not going to love it. <laughs> you're going to love Margaret. I love, I love you being there. It's good. So we, we're on a journey and we're kind of, um, whatever today is, about day 14, 15 of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, when I first started to fast, uh, I, I thought fasting was something that I did between meals, to be honest with you. But I, I did. I thought, okay, that's cool. I can fast between meals. That's easy. And then God began to speak to me about uh, what, what I supply, what I feed on grows. So God wanted to change for a season what I, what I feed on whether it was TV or radio or just too much doing this and too much doing that, because everything that we feed on grows. So what I learned very quickly is that God didn't just want me to stop eating. He wanted me to start living in a different way. Uh, Because fasting isn't actually so much about what you don't do. It's about what you do do instead. So this 21 days of praying and fasting, it's been really exciting. Uh, because God's only asked me to stop doing certain things, and one of them sleep. Do you remember what sleep looks like? If you're a, if you're a parent, you may have forgotten that already. Um, but how many of you know that sleep is a funny thing? Sleep, uh, physically, is about our metabolism. And metabolism is fine. Oh, my shoes aren't No, it's fine, I'll just take them off. Because I've got some cool socks on today. Can anybody see those? Can you see those? 
I wore a pair of socks at our breakthrough prayer meeting yesterday and for the first half an hour they were praying for my feet. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the rest of it was really good. It's true. <laughs> what was I saying before you interrupted me? Fasting. So f- fasting is about sleep. So what the Lord has been doing with me is waking me up at around about 2.20 every morning. And sometimes in the afternoons, but mostly in the morning. <laughs> and at about 2.20, it seems like God has something to say. And for the last four or five nights, so probably from mid of last, last week until now, God's been waking me up to pray about you. Which is like, well, that's nice, Jesus. But the reason why actually it's, it's been a joy is because when I've woken up, I've, I've discerned in my own heart the voice of Jesus praying for me. And that's kind of cool. It's kind of you wake up and you kind of hear the voice of Jesus just praying for you and talking to you. And it's like, well, that's pretty good. I'm just going to join in with him. And then you look at the clock and think, flip, that's a bit early. Now, why am I sharing that? Because in this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's not that God is miles away from you or miles away from me. He's not. But he wants us to live as if he's close. It's not about trying to get God to do something that he doesn't want to do. It's about realising what he's done and living in what he's done. Does that, does that make some sense? So what we have last week is that we were looking at how, how this guy repaired the altar and he was calling on the Lord and then God sent fire and changed everything. Well, guess what this week's message is about? God wants us to repair the altar and send down fire and change everything. So this for, last, for this last uh, several evenings, we've been having some encounter times and uh, there's a little bit of testimony in, in the Thanksgiving time. But in, in detail, what is an encounter time? F- for me, there are different elements to it. One is that I know in my own heart, because I've given my life to Jesus and I know he's given his life to me and I know that I, he's laid down his life for me so that I can live like him. I know all of that, but I want to live it in a real way. In other words, I don't just want to know about Jesus, I want to know him more. I don't just want to go through the process of, you know, going to church, paying a tithe, you know, trying to be nice to people, trying to be polite. But actually, I want to live like Jesus lived, but live like it now. Is that, you understand what I'm saying? Because sometimes I think we can think, you know, Jesus did this and Jesus did that and Jesus did this. But actually, God wants to live in your life and my life, so we do what Jesus did. It's more than just knowing what he did, it's doing what he did. So over this last week, God has just, for me, it might be different for some of you, he's been waking me up, he's been praying, and he's just kind of been, just been make, making himself real, which is cool. But on the encounter evenings, there's some elements to it. First one is that I know I want to I meet with God. I want to do more than just read the Bible, more than just pray a bit, more than just worship a bit. I want to have an encounter with Jesus. How many of you want to have an encounter with Jesus? Right, that's the first thing. Second thing is, is that however much I try and make myself really want to do that and really believe that that can happen, is that Jesus wants to meet with you more than that. And that's the mind-blowing thing. However much I want to hear from God, God wants to speak to me more. 
however much I want to see God do, God, wa God wants more to do more. And this is the strange thing in this kind of 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's like God in my life and maybe in yours is reprioritizing what I thought were priorities. And they're not priorities about me, they're priorities about God. God loves to speak to us. God loves to do stuff for us, like we were giving thanks earlier. God loves to do stuff through us. In fact, God initiated love. Before there was God, love never existed. God is love. And this love is so powerful, it's so passionate, it's so fierce, if you like, that God is going to He's going to love you this morning, even if you don't feel like it. So I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up and it's like, oh, I don't know whether God's going to love me today. And suddenly God says, well, why not, you idiot? <laughs> I love you because of his nature, not because of my nature. Yes, he loves me, not because of what I've done, but because of who he is. So an encounter is about coming to, to a place and it can be anywhere. Sometimes I just encounter the Lord in the car or just walking around the field or in my house or, or whatever. But there is something just happens when you gather with other people that also want to meet with Jesus. And last Wednesday, it was a profound evening. Now, I know you're probably standing there, sitting there, standing there, you're not standing there. You're probably sitting there thinking, well, he has to say that. And, and I do have to say that. But I want to give all the glory to God. Because on that Wednesday night, God sent fire down from heaven. Now, you might be a bit worried about that. If you're in the insurance thing or if you're a fireman, you might be a bit worried about that. But what I'm talking about is not some fire that's going to come and burn and wreck. It's a fire of God's love and passion that he was sending down from heaven for about an hour on Wednesday. And everybody in the room got it. And something happened. Come on. That's all right. Something happened and it was powerful. And then guess what? Thursday, the same thing happened again. Friday, the same thing happened again. Yesterday morning at the Breakthrough Prayer, I have no idea where the time went. It just got burnt up. Because being with Jesus was more important than the time. And yesterday as we met around uh, Richard and Sharon's house, it's like, what is going on here? It's like we started kind of in the morning, about an hour or so later, it was like, wow, what happened there? And the reason is, is because God wants to take over. God wants to so come into your life and my life that all we just become aware of is just Him. And whether you've given your life to God yet or not, he wants you to know his love in a real way, in a tangible way. And his fire, which is what we've been looking at, is going gonna, is gonna to melt your heart today. Because that's really what's been happening to many, many people. I mean, in the first week of the prayer and fasting, uh, in the evenings when we've been meeting together, there's been about 250 people meeting together, which is not an insignificant number of people. But just, God is just more than that. My wife's looking at me now saying, why aren't your shoes on? You look an idiot. But my shoelace came undone. <laughs> I couldn't do my shoelaces. Um, sorry. Nobody's ever shown me. Shown me. Um, the first week, God's presence just kept coming. In the mornings, in the afternoons, in the evenings. 
Last week, God's presence just keeps coming. It's like, God, when are you going to run out? And the answer is, never. <laughs> you got there before me. It's a, it's a story in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the beginning of the Bible, where this, uh, this, this, God speaks to a man and says, go there, and he goes there. And when he goes there, there's this woman there pre- preparing a big meal. It's a great meal. It's brilliant. You know, it's probably all your favourite meal, apart from Marmite. <laughs> Not Marmite. It's everything, right? Everything that you love is being prepared. And this guy turns up and says, what are you doing? And she says, well, this is the last day of my supply. It's the last day of my provision. It's the last day of my hope. It's the last day of my finance. We're eating this meal and then we're going to die. Me and my son. I think it was the son. Yeah. We're going to prepare this meal. God, God, through this bloke, says, I'm here now. You might be feeling desperate. You might be feeling as if you're on your uppers. You might be feeling as if you're just at the threadbare of life. But God's now here. And he said to her, go, and, go around all your mates, all your neighbours, and go and borrow loads of flasks. Jars, jam jars, big jars, little jars, buckets, dustbins, whatever you like, teacup. And she went and did that, and as soon as she went to the last bit of oil, it just kept coming. Here's another one, kept coming out. Here's another one, kept coming out. Looked in the top, it's empty, turned it, kept coming out. Gave it a shake, it's empty, turned it, kept coming out. Do you remember that story? Maybe you don't remember that story. And suddenly it was like, well, hang on a minute. Her, 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 her tangible wealth began to match God's value of her. Her tangible wealth began to reflect God's value of her and her son. And the only time it stopped is when they ran out of jars, not when they ran out of supply. So here's a little message for some of you. We've not gotten the message yet. This is just a preamble. Yay! Woohoo! Must be the socks, they're anointed. <laughs> Is that if you feel like you've got to go and turn the tap and there's nothing there, come back again with a bigger flask. If you feel like you're just on the last strip, it's like, shake it, shake it, shake it. Come back with a bigger flask and dare God. Trust God. Test God. Because God will never, ever run out. He will never run out. According to his riches, he supplies our needs. It is not according to your needs that he has to draw out a bank balance. No, no, it's according to his riches. So there will always be more than enough. If you've already been touched by God, he wants to do it more. If you've already been healed, he wants to bring you more. If you've already been blessed, he wants to bring you more. If you've already heard God, he wants... God always is the God of more, not the God of less. That's why it's called El Shaddai, not El Cheapo. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm excited because we're getting touched by the fire of God at the moment. There's something from Jeremiah that we looked at. There is something in my bones that the world can't snuff out. And it's the fire of God's presence. And God wants you to have that same kind of fire. So on the middle, so last week, as we were just meeting together, there was a load of us there and you know, it was a bit loud and people were really being passionate. It's like, God, we need you. God, we need you. God, we need you. And guess what? When you've done that enough, God just comes and then you have to shut up. Yeah. You stop saying, God, we need you because you hear, so, you hear God saying, actually, I need you to do this. And maybe, maybe there's some of us sat in the room that we've, we're just so used to saying, God, I need you, God, I need you, God, I need you, that we're not hearing God saying, do this. Does that make some sense? Because sometimes if we just, if we just see an empty flask and not a full container, we will always say, God, I need this, God, I need that. And God is saying, I'm pouring it out, do this with it. 
Ooh. This has got to be for someone because I'm still not in the message yet. <laughs> Other than it's about oil. And God, God has loads of oil. He's just looking for a few wicks to burn. So we were in this encounter, this presence time. Some of you are up there. Some of you couldn't make it. You're probably doing something else. It's fine. But in the middle of this, in the middle of this, what sounds on one level to be loud and it was kind of ebbing and flowing. It's a bit like the tide where we are. You know, sometimes we can drive past it at night and you can't even hear the sea. You know, it's there. You can smell it. You have to open the window and peer outside. Oh, it's out there somewhere. Other days, man, you keep the window shut because it wants to blow you in the car. It's like, well, time's up and I'm coming to get you. But God at the minute is saying, I'm here. I want to blow on your life. We're in this middle of this kind of ebbing and flowing. And then Clive, our senior pastor, stood up and said, you know, God, God said that we're an armada. We're not a fleet. But what does it mean? Now, I know what it means because I studied British history for five years. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you, know what a, do you know what a fleet is? It's not just a service station on the M4. Do you know what a fleet is? It's a group of ships. It can be any kind of ship. It can be cargo ship, transport ship, it can be bus, bus ride ship, it can be any kind of ship. But an armada is only warships. How many of you know the difference between a warship and a just a load of boats? Purpose, training, destiny, functionality. God is saying that as church, as a member of any church, if you know Jesus, you're a member of a church somewhere, because there's only one church and it's his. God is saying, arise warships. Not just cargo, transport. Not just lurking in the back kind of ships. And this was on a Thursday night and it was really powerful. It's like, okay, God, what do you mean, what do you mean, what do you mean, what do you mean? And we were saying, right, God said you need to be an armada. There's, there's a war going on out there where people's lives are getting stolen too early and people's lives are getting destroyed. But the church, it's time for us to become the warship for God. We're not the captain of the ship. We're the crew of the ship. Jesus is the captain of the ship. And this kind of sense of armada and we're at war and come on, let's see a victory over people that got an issue with drink, drink and, and drugs and, and promiscuity. Come on, let's, let's war on that a little bit. Let's fire a few guns across their bow. At the same time, quite a distance away from that, one of our young people, I don't even know what she was doing. I have no idea, it doesn't matter. Whatever she was doing, God said to her, draw a picture. Okay, so she got a bit of paper and drew a picture and it was this. On the same evening, and as far as we can tell, round about the same hour of the same evening, God began to speak to this, I think she's 19, this picture which is a ship in full sail, in wind. Now, for those of you that know your history, it's very similar, it's actually one deck short, from HMS Victory. Because the next time we met, 
It wasn't just, it's an armada and we're warships, we're not just cruisers or pleasure boats. Somebody said, actually, God says we're like HMS Victory. You, you are. You are. It's like God wants you to live like you're in victory because you're standing on victory. So I did a little bit of research on this because that's the way my head works. In 1588, 130 ships sailed from Spain with 30,000 soldiers on it to invade this coast. That's a bit further down. Fear struck this land because there had never, ever been such a big naval formation against this nation ever before that. Organised, trained up, crewed up, fired up, piloted up. <laughs> and actually God saved this nation through eight, say eight, fire ships. Did you know that? Did you know that? Maybe we should swap. <laughs> Victory wasn't in the Armada, it was a little bit after that, but the principle is this. That was 1805, 21st of October. That's where he, anyway. 1588, sorry, I, I can't help it. <laughs> um, it's my birthday. <laughs> Not in 1805, how rude are you? <laughs> I believe you said that. But these eight fire ships, came amongst these 130 totally equipped, totally sorted Spanish ships and totally disarrayed them, brought confusion to them. And on that night, we got a victory. Now, what's the point of this story? Because God wants to, A, make you realise that you are at war. There is a war going on out there but also to make you realise if you've given your life to Jesus, you stand on the platform called victory. Amen. You stand on a deck which has already won. But equally, like this one, the whole sails and the rigging is taut, not ready for docking, but ready for fighting. But this ship, which isn't drawn on here, but this kind of just analogy, just follow it through, is that God is sending you and me as fire ships. Fire ships. Now, what's the last thing that you want on a wooden boat? Fire. Can we all agree with that? That's the last thing you want. Yeah. Right. So when the fire of God comes in our lives in the way that he's coming, the enemy sees it and is afraid. So where you and I may have lived with fear, intimidation, worry, anxiety, where we may have lived with, I don't know what's going to happen, God wants to come in your life in such a way that when you look out on the world, all those things that are trying to steal from you, look at you and think, I'm leaving. Because this man or this woman, man, they're on fire for God. They're on fire for Jesus. And I can't stick around people like that. Does that make some sense to you? Which is why yesterday morning at the breakthrough prayer meeting, yeah, it was fiery. That's all I can call it. It was like there was a wind and there was a fire. And there, was a, there was kind of a smell of victory and there was a smell of success in the room. And it was loud. And people were bringing stuff that God was saying. It was cool. 
I think it was cool. I mean, who else was there? Did you think it was cool? Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the fire brigade were going to come round. And one of the things that came out of that, which Andrew brought, who's been leading service, was God put into his heart, and it was totally, yeah, this is God, is that no more delay. You know, when you kind of like firework, you, you, there's a blue touch paper and you light it at one end and you kind of, if you cut it right, you can kind of cut it for a minute or seconds or whatever. But you know at some point, someone's going to go bang. And this is a dud, in which case it goes fat. But do you understand what I mean? Once you've lit the blue touch paper, you know what the consequence is going to be. There's going to be a big bang, then there's going to be a whoosh, then it's going to be, oh. <laughs> Wasn't it? Do you know what I mean by that? Well, God has lit the touch paper. And now we're at the point of the buh of bang. And then God is going to stand back and say, oh, they believe me. Oh, they trust me. Oh, they get it. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not, it's not going to be me looking at God saying, oh. Oh, that was nice, Jesus. On all my neighbours and friends living on the edge of an eternity without God, he's not going to go, oh, that's all right. What God is saying, no, I've lit a touch paper now and it's gone up there and it's about to explode. It's about to explode in the workplace, in the home, over the school gate. It's about to explode on the street. And God is just going to look back and say, oh, now you can see what I can do. When you start seeing people healed on the street, on the bus, when you start seeing people give their life to Jesus, waiting for the taxi, God is, God is looking to say, oh, look at these guys. They believe me. They trusted me. This is making some sense. So here's the scripture that we're going to, we do, look, we do read the Bible here, in case you're here for the first time, we do read the Bible, we don't just look at pictures. Matthew 3, 11 says this. This is a guy called John the Baptist speaking. John the Baptist is an interesting guy, you already know he had a, a phenomenal dress sense and an incredible diet. Something of which I thank God he's not called you or me to do. Uh, all right? But he says this about Jesus. First he says this, I baptize, I baptize you with water. So John is saying, this is what I'm doing. I can baptize you with water as a response to you saying, God, I want to live a different life. And I don't know how many times, if at all, you have realised that I can live a different life and God can help me live a different life. I, I have no idea. I don't think God keeps, keeps count. I'm not, I have no idea. All I know is, is that with the water, I can feel great in the moment, but then go and do something f stupid the next day. And that's what was happening here. People were coming to John the Baptist, they were travelling for miles, for days, two or three days, and they were saying, God, I'm really, really sorry, and I want to do something different, and can you please baptise me, because at least I'm going to get soaking wet and it looks good. And then the next day, they end up doing the same thing again. So maybe they came back, I have no idea, it doesn't matter. But what he says is, but after me comes one who is more powerful. Say powerful. You see, water is powerful, but fire is more powerful. There's just something about fire. How many of you get some, 
And we've just had a log burn and put it in our house, and we just sit there, it's like another TV. It's like, it's like all my best films, all in one box. Just sitting there, and it's like, oh, look at that. There is something fascinating about fire. But too much of it, and it's a bit ouchy. Do you know what I mean? But what John the Baptist is saying and what I believe God is saying to you and to me today is this. Power is in my spirit, not mine, his. He will, this is John talking about Jesus, baptise you, me, overwhelm us, flood us, engulf us, mobilise us, touch us with the Holy Spirit, who is also God, and fire. So not water. It doesn't want us to walk around looking as if we're drips. It wants us to walk around looking like firebrands, which kind of came out of last Sunday, is that God is sending you and me like a firebrand into where there's need, that God uses you to meet the need. Where there is lack, God uses you to meet that lack in God. Does that make sense? So God is wanting to send you and I out this week as firebrands. But first, we must, we must know, have an experience if you want, and I don't always use that word, that we're on fire on the inside. I can perceive it now. I'm burning through all of the week that you've had, all the week that I've had. I'm burning through all of the woulda, shoulda, coulda kind of mentality that we can all have sometimes. God is burning through that because he wants to bring all of us into a place where we know the, the spirit of God, the power and the fire of God. That whatever life you touch changes. And we looked at this last week. We were looking at whatever we let the fire of God touch changes it forever. There's cleansing in it. There's healing in it. There's forgiveness in it. There's, there's what's called the sacrament of set aside. There, there's being made holy, the Bible calls it. In the fire, God does something to you and to me. But through the fire, he uses you and I to change society. Like a fire ship going out amongst the, the, the vehicles, the vessels out there that are lost. They have no navigational map. They have no light to guide by. They have no clue that they're about to tip over the edge. So God is sending you and I like a fire ship out there to rescue people. The only, the only thing, that's the wrong word, but the only thing that we're supposed to go in and cause chaos to is, the, is everything that wants to steal life from people. Because the Bible says our war is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the bit that goes out when you pinch it. It's this spiritual atmosphere that makes people think they're rubbish, that makes people think they're of no value, that makes people think they're just useless. That is not what God thinks about you. It's these spiritual forces that just inflict constant pain and shame on people. That is not... God, it's these spiritual force that just want to try and break up marriages and steal our young people and get them into addiction. That is not God. It's these spirits that just want to tell you one thing is true and it's never true. It's not God. God wants to burn 
up those things. So that what we're left with is Jesus. His fire, his passion for you and for me. There is nothing, nothing on the earth like it. I've touched it a few times and it, it's weird. Because on one hand you're thinking, oh my God, I'm toast. And on the other hand, and I don't care. On one hand you're saying, God, you, you're more than enough. And at the same time, it's, God, you're too much. And God wants everyone to experience him in a real, life-changing, practical way. Let's all stand up, shall we? I don't know what God's been saying to you. Be things like, you're not just floating through life. That you're under the mercy of every, every wind and every swirl and everything. God wants you to be like a warship. And on one of these encounters, I'm not gonna, I don't feel we should do it now. Because some of you are like, oh, what's he talking about? But on one of the evenings, I can't remember which one. 250 of us all stood up and went like that. Not, not like that, like that. As a kind of a declaration to the Lord, we're a boat, we're a ship. And the mast is ready, the rigging is ready. And let me tell you, people just caught the, the wind of the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. People were getting healed, set free, released. Just by standing up doing that, and you might be thinking, oh, that's a bit weird. Well, when God does stuff, it is weird, but it works. So we were still up there, a couple of hundred of us, but when you looked from the back, and I went to the back, it was like an armada of ships. There wasn't one that was kind of stood out, and there wasn't one that was left behind, there wasn't one that was on the edge. No, we were all going together, and that makes it powerful. Let's just close our eyes a minute, shall we? Because I believe in these next few moments, for everybody in this room, everybody, whether you've been coming every Sunday or this is your first Sunday, God wants to touch your life. God is touching your life. God will touch your life. However close or far away you think God is right now, he wants to touch your life. And I know that because he always wants to touch your lives. However well you think you've been journeying with God or not, he still wants to touch your life. He wants to come like fire. Maybe burning up doubt, fear, anxiety, burning up sickness, sin. So this is the third week of prayer and fasting. I've already seen 18 people now healed of sickness. Tangible healing of sickness because the fire of God's presence has just burnt it out of them. Because the Bible says these hills will melt like wax. And to God, sickness is just like wax. You put a fire next to it, one of them's going to move and it's not the fire. Hallelujah. It's, it's wax. So Father, I want to thank you right now for your presence. Your Bi the Bible says that where your presence is, is the fullness of life. And I just speak fullness of life right now. Fullness of life over people's mental health. Father, I thank you that you burn out of them imbalance, 
dementia, Amen. dyslexia. Amen. I thank you that your love burns those things out. Memory loss, long term, short term. Bipolar, you burn those things out because you love us. You love us. You never call us a problem. You call us answered. Father, I want to thank you that right now your fire is touching people's emotional life. Your fire, your love, your unconditional love, your perfect love, your unlimited love, your indestructible love is touching people's hearts. Let them know, let me know, let us know right now just how loved we are. Just how loved we are. Oh, there was one, one meeting that we were, I can't remember, so it all looked like one, where it was like God took this firebrand out of the fire and put it on our lives and what was written on it is you are mine. You are mine. And maybe that's what some of you need to know is you are mine. If you've given your life to God, you don't belong to anybody else. You belong to God. He belongs to you. And when you belong to God, he, pr he provides for you, protects you, guards you, speaks to you, leads you, uses you. You are mine, says the Lord. That's pretty cool. Some of you just need to be reminded of that. You don't belong to the world. You don't belong to your history, your past, your present or your future. You don't belong to your bank balance, whether it's red or black. You belong to God if you're giving your life to Jesus. You belong to God. And he's a good father. Father, I want to thank you that you're burning out conditions of the body right now. Where there's pain, burn it out. Where there is pain, discomfort, around the hips, uh, you burn it out. Around the, the knee joints, you just burn it out. It's removed right now as if it's never been there. Father, I want to thank you for the shoulders, top shoulder, left shoulder. I thank you that you're touching that right now. You burn it out because of your love and your passion for us to live in freedom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for where there's been a little bit of imbalance with blood pressure. You stabilise that. You make that normal. I thank you. The way of the condition is it melts like wax before you. It melts like wax before you. And I thank you, God, that you do that because you love us. Because you love us because you love us. And Father, right now, I don't know, Father, I just ask that you, you come down, you pour out. As we're standing under an open heaven, you pour out afresh your Holy Spirit. Pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Pour it out upon our lives. We're just empty vessels without you. But with you, all things are possible. With you, we can, we can jump over a wall. We can scale a, a wall. We can do all kinds of things with you. So, Father, I thank you that you want to come and keep on coming. You want to fill and keep on filling. You want to overwhelm us with your spirit. You want to overwhelm us with your fire. So that you send us out like blazing fire ships into the life around us. Well, making a difference. Showing the way. Showing the way to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just thank him while you're standing there? Just thank him for what he's doing. Thank him for who he is. Hallelujah. Come on, let's be a little bit more thankful. Come on, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you want to you come in your glory and your fire over Worthing, over this surrounding area. Father, I want to thank you that we've been seeing it in these days, that you want to set fire because of your love to people's lives. You want to bring freedom and life and health. We bless this town that we're in. We bless this region. Oh God, send the fire of your Holy Spirit onto this place. Come and turn the hard hearts towards you. Come and turn those who are against you towards you. Father, those that have been against us, we pray for them that you will soften their hearts. We thank you for people that we have known, that have given their lives to Jesus, but are not living like it. The Bible calls them the prodigals, the returned ones the restored ones. Father, we pray for people that we know. Come back to Jesus. Come back to the fire. Come back to the Father's heart. Come back to the Father's house. Come back, come back. Leave the ways that you're in and come back to the way of the Lord. And Father, I want to thank you that you are reaching out to those people now. You're reaching out to those people today. And we thank you for restored lives the restored lives and we give you the glory and we give you the honour. Come on, let's give him some praise right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.